There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed. And that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Bubba the Bloom, episode 76. No, you're not seeing things. It's Sunday night, folks. It's the end of the 2023 baseball season. We're here to kind of have a post-mortem, good, bad, and ugly of the 2023 season. And unofficially sponsored by High Noon as we get ready to enjoy the day. I didn't. I didn't get the memo on the sponsorship, or I just messed up. But I've got a. Uh, I've got a Fort George Pale Ale here from Astoria, Oregon, to celebrate the end of the year. Cheers, my man. We made it. Cheers. Salute. Salute. Another season in the books. Twenty twenty three. It was a blast. Absolute blast. Uh, tiring, exhausting, which baseball is, but people don't care about that. Um, first off, I'm on Twitter at BDMtrick. Bloom over there, Ryan Bloomfield's on Twitter at Ryan BHQ, but you guys know that stuff by now. I'd imagine just formalities, but um, yeah, we're here to kind of recap the good, the bad, the ugly, mostly the good, because every now and then a good victory lap goes a long, long way, especially when you busted your butt for six months of the baseball season. So we're going to go through that, um, go over a couple listener shout outs, get some awards, some awards for the fantasy baseball season and more, but Ryan, you were much more invested in this. Not saying I wasn't invested, but you were watching a lot closer than I was. So when like three, I'm just going to round it up. When 3.30 our time hit, how'd you feel? Uh, relieved. <laughs> like I th- I thought I would feel like happy, ecstatic, won some leagues, that sort of thing, which we'll talk about. But just kind of relieved. I don't know. I, I mentioned on the last show that like, I think you handle this a lot better than I do, but I spent way too much time last two weeks just like needlessly looking and refreshing at standings and things I had no control over. And I don't have to do that anymore. And so felt a little relieved, but uh, also felt good. It's it's always good to make it all the way through. Like I, I still contend like fantasy baseball, it's just such a marathon. We need to celebrate the end of the year. And I think like on, I don't know, on Twitter and everyone posting their, their wins and that sort of thing. Like, I think it's kind of cool because we, we do work so hard at this and it's the, the season itself is six months long, but we do this year round. And a lot of people that are really into this stuff do this eight, nine, 10 months. And to, uh, to, to finally have it come to an end, cel- celebrate those wins because it, uh, it, it's hard to do. It's hard to win a league. 
and it's especially hard to do in this game. So um, that's partly what we're doing tonight. But yeah, to answer your question, I felt relieved, and I went over and grabbed a uh, little glass of little glass of bullet bourbon and, and enjoyed myself. Enjoyed the end of the year. Kudos, kudos on that. Yeah, no, it is. It, it's a relief. Like um, last year was not a great year fantasy wise for me. I think uh, you had a, a couple rough rough rounds out there outside of winning. Oh, yeah. You know, last year was not good. No. Yeah, it was not a good year last year. So that's kind of what makes this even better because you sit there after a year like last year going, what am I doing this for? <laughs> like, what's all this hard work? What are we doing? So to know that it like it, it paid off and then you and then the, the highlight of it, and I almost tweeted it out, but people hate it. So I'll say it on the show instead that I'll um yes, we want to win our leagues, obviously. That's how this goes. But when we get the shout outs from other people that our work helped them, that's pretty freaking awesome. I know I've talked about that on many shows before that that's kind of the reason that kind of keeps the train moving most of the time is those kind of things. So if it's even a DM, if it's a tweet, if it's whatever, like it, 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 it sounds silly and I'm not begging anybody for this. But when those do come around, it uh, it does help a ton. And it's great to see that the uh, time we've put in on this is uh, helping you guys it, it, at, at worst enjoy baseball but at best win your leagues, which is pretty cool as well. Absolutely. And that's, that's part of the goal we try and do with this. A, we, we do this podcast because we like each other, presumably, yeah. and have yes. fun doing it. Uh, B, it helps ourselves, at, at mm-hmm. least speaking for myself, like I was a better player because we were diving into weekend matchups and schedules yep. and that sort of thing throughout. And then probably not tertiary, but, uh, but yeah, the success of our listeners, it's really freaking cool to, to hear about and to uh to get those shouts from a few of you all uh means a lot to both of us yep means an absolute ton so um yeah it was a a fun season in the books but sadly or unsadly depends on how you look at it we're already probably moving towards 2024 you're working on the you're working <laughs> I mean, on the you're working on the bible and i've already started my rankings like it's it never ends it, and and, I, and the one thing is like i i say it like tongue-in-cheek but since I started doing that, it has made me a better player. So it's kind of one of those, like you put, it's like most things in life. You put the work in, usually the results follow. And that's the only thing that kind of keeps me going. Like I'll, I'll say this much. Like I didn't have I, tonight was the first night I've had fantasy baseball content. Well, I wrote an article for HQ on Saturday night, but that's that, not too bad. Yeah. But like for like three nights in a row, I really had nothing to do for the first time in six months. And it was like, I, I, I was like, I could go to my computer. I'm like, no, I'm going to go watch Netflix and like open a freaking noon and do nothing right now. Like it was That's so relaxing. Was gonna, like you, you have to be so much more relieved than me. Cause you, I mean, every oh, night you did first pitch pod, you did DFS quick hits probably half the nights you wrote a daily matchups article and like all of a sudden you know that's that's yeah, it was really like fri- like friday night not having like a fab article and something else like i put my daughter to bed and i'm like sitting there with the dog going like what are we doing tonight <laughs> like what are we doing right now this is freaking nuts <laughs> so uh yeah it, it's fun but you know the, the grind never ends as they say no it it doesn't i uh it's funny i was telling my wife i was I mean, she does not care about how I do in, in my leagues and that sort of thing, but she was aware that the season ended today and basically made the comment that there is no off season because she knows yep. it's forecaster season now. And so it's just going to be going to be busy. Actually, this is like the busiest time of the year for me coming up uh, with forecaster first pitch. I'll, I'll rest. I'll sleep in December. The yeah, plan. If I let you, um, but yeah. Uh, yeah, but we'll we'll have fun there. People are enough of that, but I was gonna say enough of us. But we're gonna recap our seasons. Then we'll get to awards. <laughs> then we'll get to shout outs. But like we said, even on last week's show, 
we wanted to see an episode of like you know victory lap a little bit we're also going to talk about our, our shortcomings so don't worry about yeah. that yeah but um let, let's have some fun with this and let's just start with the big one because like i said i didn't have anything to do this weekend and i just kept forgetting to go to my computer to to play a game that i basically conceded to you ryan so congratulations pretty bad man 20 26 weeks of of picking weekend streamers i entered the last weekend up too and opened up the dock saturday morning and just don't see your pick so you wave the white flag you can you conceded pretty pretty much ricky fowler style in uh, the rhetoric (laughs) (laughs) this morning um but uh yes i did i did win the free round of golf at first pitch arizona and that's you know you know main event overalls whatever that can that can wait it's the uh it's the in-person round of of golf that i that you will be paying for in the pro shop in uh a month from tomorrow or actually a a month from when this episode hits feeds so i'm i'm very much looking forward to that uh having to having to do that so um yes glad you conceded i don't know it was was tough this last weekend i mean everyone knows like and everyone saw what the schedule is like how messed up this last uh this last weekend can be unless you have kyle finnegan or rich hill uh slight inside the rich hill win on a sunday is like the ultimate final day stuff yeah but uh but that that i took that 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 took the stress out of the equation for me so free round of golf at dobson ranch courtesy of you i took down what was it? i think 23 21 over the entire tight race. So pretty close good race good race and and at least the last like month and a half or so the matchups were actually like close for the most part and compared to some early season matchups were just it was ugly so i kind of got we kind of got things going towards the end hopefully for the listeners there but um we have to go back i remember we had a couple side bets for some cocktails in arizona we have to go look into those and and see how those panned out because maybe i'll get something out of this um otherwise just you know it's my face for radio that comes on with you once a week. Um, let's talk about some more fun stuff, though, before we get into the bads. We'll talk about some of the goods. Well, Tout Daily, we talked about that a long time ago. I took that down. If you missed the tweet, though, I was a Tout winner, if you're curious. I did did actually win an event in Tout, but um, we talked about that a while back. So We did, but it's still worth uh, it's yeah. worth regurgitating, and you will get your, I believe, get your menu item. Have I'll you, have you had any more item. thought about that? Someone with a stack? It's a stack. That's going to be involving a stack. So it's going to be some kind of burger because it's a DFS thing. So you got to have a trend of a stack and whatnot. Um, and I'm going to have to have somebody take pictures and everything and send them to me because I'm not flying to New York for that. So uh, yeah. let me know how it goes. But on the on the flip side, you know, there's tout and there's labor. Somebody on this show, not named Bubba, did pretty well in labor, Mr. Bloomfield. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, was in labor, was in labor. Have, I have been in the labor league for, I guess, five, six years and got close once. I lost it on the last day a couple years ago to Fred Zinke. Uh, but this year took it down. Dr. Roto, who is funny. I was actually looking back. A little, I mean, we live streamed the draft back in February. And so that's still available um, for anyone who, you know, <laughs> it's got to be a really slow off season. But if anyone wants to rewatch that and rewatch some of the picks, <clears throat> I actually did that going back. And uh, I remember cursing Dr. Roto out like oh, half gosh. the time. He was, he was <laughs> took a lot of my guys. And there he was at the end of the year. We were tied going into the last week of labor mixed. And I was fortunate enough to pull it out. So um, I've wanted that league for a while outside of uh, the main event which I, I I didn't cash in, really didn't do that well in this year. Uh, labor's labor's the one I, I really want. So that was um that was that was really good. And just looking back, like 
not to dive too much into these teams because we could talk for hours about this, but just like one major thing that I always talk about is the middle rounds. And uh, so my first two of my first three pitchers in in labor were Aaron Nola in the second round, Tristan McKenzie in the sixth round. Like not that great. Nola was fine outside of the ERA, but it was the middle rounds in labor. I I, t- I had a 13th round Cody Bellinger, 14th round Justin Turner, 16th round Carlos Estevez, um, 19th round Savali, 20th round CJ Abrams, 21st round Justin Steele. And like, I'm going to continue to harp. That's one of the major takeaways that I have pretty much every year. But this is a nice example of the labor team doing that is just if you can nail some of those middle round guys, like you're in such a like, I'd rather hit on three or four of those guys and just bomb an early pick. Uh, we just spent so much time on those first like five rounds. But uh, if you can if you can get some of those guys that I just listed off in the 14th through 20th rounds, it just it, it helps so, so much. And uh, that's pretty much why I, I won labor. Yeah, that, that was a fun one. I remember hosting that draft and heckling you and watching Dr. Roto just like we, we, we literally thought Roto was like watching the feed because it was we literally talk about a guy and seconds later, boom, Roto picks this guy. And it was really, mm-hmm. really funny. But just imagine if you listen to some idiot that told you to take Jacob DeGrom in like round four or five. Just imagine that's, that's, oh, if you would have right. done that. <laughs> and so it's funny. So uh, that's right, because that was the big deal was he Jacob was falling DeGrom and falling fell. and falling. He went at the end of the fourth round, which was just crazy at the time. And I, I actually remember I had a choice like you were I don't want to say baiting me into taking DeGrom. You were you were highly suggesting that I yes. take Jacob DeGrom. I took another starting pitcher in the fourth round, and that was Mr. Kevin Gossman. So uh worked out pretty well. Worked out okay. The other one where I was uh being being heckled by both you and the crowd was that Cody Bellinger pick. Which worked out pretty well, also. Worked out pretty good. So So, yeah, yeah, not not too shabby. Um, all right, we'll move on to the next section here. Draft champions. I somehow fell away with two of these, but they're two completely different leagues, which is obviously, but I'll get to this. The first part was very entertaining. The two early DC slash people call mock drafts that we do. Um, the very first time we did it was last year, and we're in the we've already done the first seven rounds of 2024 for this year. I took that one down, and this was a, dr- a draft that we talked about once in a while on the show. I was like running away with that league, and then all of a sudden, here comes James Anderson, and then here comes mm-hmm. Steve Weimer, and then here comes then all of a sudden I'm down like 12, like like six points or something. And then uh, I battled back in the last couple of weeks and it's kind of held it on again, which is great. But I was just looking like you could look at a ton of different uh, things on this, but just like the little late round type things that you look at the way they finish the season, like a Mitch Garver per se. Uh, one guy who we talked about tons on streaming, I had Kyle Farmer, which just imagine you probably pick fast four or 500 with Kyle Farmer. And yeah. he's been tremendous in a 15 team DC with his flexibility and what he's pulled off. But kind of the big things to look at, cause this is a team we talked about even just on the side, like I could barely fill a roster some weeks. I'm like, I'm waiting for this one to end. I'd have, I'd have Brandon Marsh and Mickey Moniak playing. I remember, I remember it was like, it was May, I think. And we were talking and, and literally you're only healthy. And this was before he was like good this year. Your only healthy bat on the bench was Mickey Moniak. Yeah. And it worked out for a while, which was crazy. But what really helped me here, it's Blake Snow. Obviously Garrett Cole's the first, but Blake Snow, Nick Pavetta, like Bailey Ober, Mitch Keller. 
that'll help out pretty much any team. But man, I'm still looking at it again. There's so many injuries on this stat. It's uh, I limped and it worked, but uh, that's the beauty of DCs, I guess, is whatever you can keep healthy, just keep it healthy long enough, long enough type situation. So mm-hmm. we'll see there. Um, both uh, yeah. both draft champions we were in together. You won, you bastard. Yeah, those, are the only, those are the only two DCs I did. Those are the only two you did. Jesus. Mm-hmm. So maybe, maybe I should do more is what I'm starting to tell myself. Maybe because what I'm looking at here is when I, I tweeted out all my goods, the bads, the uglies, all, all my teams I tweeted out, like my 12th place OCs, all yep. of them. Uh, what I've noticed is the fab leagues I did better in, I did closer to the season. Like that team I finished 12th was a beat Brent Hershey league. That was way early in the OCU season. One of the first ones they hosted. I did better as those went on. I did better at the, on the wires and stuff like that. But the DCs and the NFBC 50s, I think it's the depth that, that we talk about going through. A lot of the depth we talk about on the show. And that's what kind of saved my butt in those scenarios. But uh, yeah, we'll see. Because that second OC was a wild one. Uh, Nustin was rolling with this league, absolutely destroying us in this league. Yeah, top 100 overall. I thought I had zero chance of anything in this league. I started the week, I think, six points out of first. I was in second place, and I won by a half a point, uh, 119 to 118 and a half. And I just look at this roster, and it's just glorious. It's a beautiful roster. Nelson Velasquez, for those keeping track at home. Um, 40, 44th round, Nelson Velasquez. Christopher Morell. Nolan Jones. Anybody curious about that? Um, you know, Josh Young's here. There's uh, Isak Paredes, who uh, it's just a, a bunch of dudes that I'm Nick Pavetta, 28th yeah. round. That That's, that's where beautiful. I look in these DCs, like for especially I and actually I should pull up. I, I Adbert apologize. I don't know who huge. won the overall, but I want to see the overall winner, like what they did rounds 30 to 50, you know? Yeah. No, that, that's the kind of thing that, that'd be great to see because. You look at my bench, it's not great, but the starting lineup held strong in that league, and that helped me get to, like I think it was like 52nd overall. It fought all the way towards 52nd overall in the DCs, which for me, for a guy that's not usually good at those formats, I'll take that every single day of the week. Oh, yeah. I mean, that, and that was uh, one of the, the, the last day win, so it, it would be rough. I mean, to be finish top 100 in the DCs, overall is really damn good to do that and not win the league. That would be, that would have been rough. So congrats yeah, on was, that one, man. Thank you. I had an overall lead on him for a while, but I didn't get the league win on him for quite a while. So that was a, a bit stressful. Let's talk about your worth, man. You worked it up. Cause my barf team, I finished 11th in barf. I just could not get going in there, but you made it happen. My friend in earth worth. Congratulations. In Worf. So Worf is the, uh, so for those unaware, Earth is this like conglomeration started by uh, Barf. By you guys, by Barf, the Bay Area Roto Fantasy. By Laura right. Michaels, for the, the late great. He created yep. that bad boy. He, he was one of the creators of the bad boy. Yep, absolutely. And so that has grown to this thing called Earth, which is the overall competition, but within that is like regional leagues. And so Worf is the Western Expanse. Roto Fantasy League, uh, basically for the Pacific Northwest and further parts unknown. Um, I've actually, so my the trick to winning this league, I, I, I won pretty, pretty, I don't want to say easily, but I wasn't too far. It, it wasn't much of a sweat, I should say, and finished fifth overall, which for me was fantastic. The key to my success, however, and we're going to pull it for the YouTube crowd and the live stream crowd, a little surprise for you. This was the um, oh great. This is the key to my draft prep. <laughs> so, 
<laughs> I forgot you guys drafted on, I forgot about that tonight. You guys drafted. So this was the key. Is uh, Worth drafted on St. Patrick's Day, Friday night. It was a Friday, yeah, Friday night, St. Patty's Day. And so this picture of me with a bottle of Jameson and I guess my kids' Irish thing from he brought that he brought home from daycare uh, with an Irish hat and a beard. Uh, and obviously it's daylight out, so. Um, the draft wasn't until like eight o'clock that night. So, um, it, we call it the, we call it the drunk draft and it obviously worked. I made some picks that I don't normally pick, uh, for obvious reasons. I think I took Tatis in the second round. Yeah. I started Kyle Tucker, Tatis, Aaron Nola, Devin Williams. Um, but just didn't miss very many guys, um, outside of pitching. I took Jeffrey Springs, Hunter Green, Trevor Rogers, Jorge Lopez, uh, yeah, so that maybe that was the Jameson talking, but um, Worf went pretty well. Had a few. I think I took Ellie, I got Ellie De La Cruz and Fab in that league, just a few Fab pickups. But obviously, the key to all that success was the luck of the Irish for <laughs> the sure. The luck of the Irish. My goodness, that's amazing. Absolutely amazing stuff there. Congrats on that one. Toby took down Barf. I know that much for a fact. Uh, if you want the full Worf standings, check out Justin Mason and some of the boys. They got you covered there. But uh, and the actually Earth speaking. Not to cut you off, but speaking of luck of the Irish, uh, Ryan Ireland won won the overall in Earth. So hey, there you go. <laughs> you. You're, it's like you're a professional putting this all together here. Absolutely outstanding stuff. There. He edged out. Uh, it was because I was actually I was I was somewhat close. I was I mean, like I said, I was fifth, but I I was I, a couple of weeks I was like semi close. But I was watching the overall. It's him and it was Ryan Ireland and Dustin McComas. Uh, back McComas and they were like, yep, yeah. they were legitimately they were dead tied. I believe going into the last week in the overall. So congrats to uh to Ryan and Dustin on that. Yeah, the uh barf we've been doing for a while, but the whole earth thing's pretty cool because it's one of the few times that we get together and still a live draft. I know Barf does, I'm pretty sure all of them do, except I think you guys were online. We didn't no. Yeah, I think I think it's like part, I'll say but... i say it's like eighty percent or so, maybe more like do it all in person so it's a, it really makes it even cooler in that yeah regard. i'd like to actually most of our league did well maybe half did uh, they met up in seattle and, yeah. and drafted in it's Corbin tough if it's there. super spread out like i'm one of the farthest ones from bar for me and toby and we kind of meet in the middle in san francisco but uh, it, it's pretty cool it, it's a great thing they're doing and there's charity involved and all kinds of other cool stuff so as usual mason and the rest of the crew kick butt and anything they call, they put their minds to speaking of that I, we, we don't have it on the list but tgfbi i finished second in my league it was a big bummer though. I was like 54th overall for the longest time. I was going back and forth between first and second, but I had a top 10 team for a long time at TGFBI top 10 overall. And it just fell apart towards the end. So that was a, a bummer, but uh, another fun season there. And I think Justin's in the chat. So if he knows he the TGFBI overall winner, we can give him a shout. Yes. Him or her uh, shout. Him or her a shout. I can tell you right now who it is. I got or yeah, here. I guess. I got yeah. I, guess I have got access, access to, to it right here. It's, it's in right. the league. Yeah, it's funny. Look at I go to TGFBI, and then I click on this button here for the overall standings, and the winner is Brandon Cameraman. Doug Thorburn finished second. Wow, look at Dougie Thorburn. Ryan Williams third. Ryan Ireland finished sixth in this one too. He had a wow. good year. There good. Good year. But uh, next up on the list here, On The Wire, the boys of the On The Wire pod, great pod. I was had the luxury of being on it this past week. I told them I didn't want to be because I, I won the league, and I was pretty much dominating the league all year. But they tell me, they hit me up and go, hey, you, you got a hold on the first overall. We usually have the first overall, do the last show of the year, this, that, and the other. I'm like, 
you guys are jinxing this. You know this, right? And I'm like, oh, no, you'll be fine. Uh, literally the next day on Saturday, I went to like second overall. I got as low as seventh overall. I finished fourth overall in the on the wire. Given the top was chain, like Yancey was up there and a few others. It was really, really good stuff there. But um, yeah, it was a fun season. Finished first there. It helps when you have the likes of a Francisco Lindor and a Ronald Acuna Jr. and a few other guys. But the waiver wires will help me a ton. I, I worked the waiver wire like a madman because injuries did get me, but the uh, waiver wire was was big in that league for me. And I think they are opening they drafts already for 2020. Are, they, are those 12 teamers or 15s? That's the thing is they used to be 12 only. They The first one they opens a 15. They, I think they want to do half 15s and half 12s now. Um, I'm trying to stick to 12s only. But what I will say to the listeners out there, and I talked about it, if you are new to NFPC, you're kind of nervous to play in NFPC. I understand all of that because I was there. This is like my second full, full year going hard at it. Um, NFPC has satellite leagues. But these are basically satellites as well. And for 50 bucks, you can't find many $50 leagues, especially for 15s, let alone 12s. The payouts are first is, I wrote it down here, first is 400 I think it's like 250 and 100 or something. Uh, so you get paid out pretty well. And there's nothing. Uh, there's no overall prize. But um, it's a great way to, to learn the system. So if you guys see that stuff, I know I'm going to play in a couple of the 12s. Um, they were trying to get me to get in the 15 already. I'm like, I got to slow down a little bit, guys. Slow down a little, like like a little bit here. Um, but um, yeah, they they've already started those up here, so that's pretty darn sweet. That's a nice entry point. Um, and and definitely shout out to the On the Wire podcast with yeah Adam and and Kevin. Kevin coming to first pitch playing golf with us, so that's going to be great. But uh, but yeah, those 50 dollar leagues in NFPC, which I contend is the best format out there, uh, especially for Fab leagues. Uh, it's yeah. a great way to. Great way to get in and get your feet wet and kind of learn things. And of course, if anyone has questions on 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 the ins and outs of it, the intricacies, we are by no means NFBC experts, but I think we know our way around pretty well. We can help you navigate it, like finding the overall champions. We can find that for you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Justin well, Mason, just Justin Mason said Danielle even cashed in her on the wire. Like I know she finished third in that one, so you make some money. Uh, our buddy Mister Moose himself. He even said the DC 50s are great, which is very true. Uh, great way to get your feet wet. They're basically 50-round draft and holds, but uh, 12 teams instead of uh, 15, and they're 50 bucks compared to 150. So you have that going for you as well. So a lot of ways to get in and get your feet wet, and um, we're here to help if you need to. Like I said, this 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 is like my second full year into it. I think I've played for three years now, but first year was like a couple satellites, and that's it. I was kind of like, eh, let's just kind of watch from a distance but um yeah you, you get going get your feet wet and, and you can have some fun in these formats so uh yeah see where it takes you all right mr bloomfield um now to the we didn't win these ones but we have some some tough beats uh, yeah. to discuss um i've been talking for a while so i'll let you go first then i'll come back here but what was your um your tough beat one would say yeah, we did. not I feel like we both had like pretty good years and we just listed through a bunch of, I think, I mean, pretty competitive leagues and and, and, and did well. Um, Tout Wars. Tout Wars was brutal for both, both of us. We just got so close in different ways. So uh, my Tout Wars team, I am in the 15 team mixed draft. And I think I scored more points in that league than I have ever scored in a league. I scored 127 and a half points, which for me is like pretty amazing. And I think really for, I mean, in a 15 team league, that's a lot of points. And late when I won labor, 
I only scored only, but had like 116, which a lot of times that's that's roughly where you want to be to win a 15 team league. 127 and a half in in tout, and I still got smoked smoked by uh, Seth Trackman, who uh, I think had 136 points. So that he just had a team where like it was overall worthy, and if there wasn't overall in tout, and I just happened to have a really really good year. Um, but happened to have a really good year in this at the same time that Seth did. So it uh, it's a little bit different than your Tower second place story, but um, in that like there was no sweat. I mean, I, I knew probably two weeks ago that uh, Seth was going to win it, you know, a ten point lead, and given the categories where he was at, um, I, it, it was pretty obvious that he was going to win. But it, it still kind of burns that to score that many points in a league and and not win it. Cause I uh, definitely had a, definitely had a squad with that one. We also did a live draft, uh, live stream of that draft as well um, for anyone looking back on that one. So um, hurts a little bit, but still, you know, it's one of those things where like I control what I can control. And um, I'll, if I, if I can, if I can get 127 points in towers next year, I'll take that all day. So we'll see. Yep, For sure. More often than not, that it's going to take it down for you. Yeah. Uh, Anthony Gialdi, Mr. Moose asked that Ryan, you want an expert league, right? Yeah. He took down labor. Ryan got labor, so we got that for you here. Despite despite uh, Mr. Gialdi panning my my Bellinger pick. Yes, yes, yes. I remember. Yeah, he was a big proponent of it. That is true. Um, all right. So you talked about your tout were second place finish. You mentioned it wasn't as stressful as mine potentially. Yeah, mine sucked. It's the best way I can put it. It was a dogfight <laughs> in this league. Um, it's a twelve team mix. Differences is we do innings pitched instead of wins. It saves holds instead of saves. Um, you know, OBP, that's all normal OBPs of every tout league, but mainly innings pitch thing. And I've learned to like that format in a, in a way, but there's, it, it was like a four person race. Um, Andy Barons, myself, Dylan White, and Matt Trussell for quite some time. And it was just rotating. We entered this last week with three of us tied at 92 points heading into Monday. Uh, I had a 93 to 91 lead heading into Sunday. I lost 92 to 91 and a half to Andy Barons. Um, that was one that in at three Pacific time. So there's like three games still going on. Like there's one. Yeah, the, do the, do the, yeah. The hour yeah. by hour here. There was a, basically it was, it was basically, I was up a half a point and then I was down a half a point. And then at three Pacific time with extra innings in Colorado, the Phillies game was like 10 to eight or something. And then Rich Hill trying to get a win, uh, in Pittsburgh or wherever the heck he pitches now. Um, it was tied at 92. And then I'm driving home about 20, 25 minutes later when the games end, I reload things and I lost by a half a point. But somehow in those 20, 25 minutes, it went kaboom goes to dynamite. So yeah, that was a tough one because what I was really hoping for, and we kind of talked about it off air because I'm not one to kind of say a lot of that kind of stuff on air. I was hoping for the tout double dip because I won yeah. the daily tout and then to win the season long, like a, a season long league, I pretty positive that's never been done before. I mean, and, it's almost it's almost because yeah. you can't be in two tout leagues unless mm-hmm. you do. Unless I misunderstand, but you can't be in two tout leagues unless you like tout okay. daily is like you have to if you're in tout wars, you you can join that as a it's an optional thing. But uh, yeah, I don't I don't think anyone has ever won two tout wars the same year. Yeah, so that was one of those that I was really really hoping for. But yeah, I digress. Do you, didn't do you happen. so uh so we talked a little bit before you you do not know what caused that last half point shift 
Nope. And I kind of told gotta you gotta look, man. Come I on. I told you before, like, I really don't want to see. I really don't. You don't want to see? Well, like, I don't even know where to start. Um, I guess I could load the second page that shows me um, today's standings and kind of compare the two. Let's my guess, okay. is, my guess is like Kyle Finnegan. That's my guess. Well, he had the, he had the, the he, I think that was the second to last game. There was an 11th inning game. Oh, I was down a point and a half heading into today. I thought I was winning. I must have been winning after Friday. So I made a comeback today. And uh, Barons came back to me. But um, let's just see. Runs. See, he lost a half a point in runs. That's what homers. I mean. You handle this better than I, I do. I, I gained would a half a like... point in homers. Yeah. Uh, OBP, ERA, whip, strikeouts, innings. Yeah, it was legit. I gained a half a point in homers. He lost a half a point in runs. And that was all it was. I, I don't. I can't tell you what. I can't tell you what it was at three Pacific times. I'm going to investigate and yeah. remind you what it is. Yeah. I'm, you, I'm just. Hey, if you, you're smarter than I am at that kind of stuff, so go for it. I just. I there was. I, like, know. I know there was like a late Trent Grisham steal, like late in that game. Um, I'm guessing it's something just, to do with the oh. extra inning game in Colorado because it's an OBP league. So somehow something goofy happened and a run scored or some garbage, and that's what yeah. took place. That's my guess. Something goofy like that. Um, but, no, that's that's a See. tough that's a tough way, especially like you said, to get the 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 tout double dip would be sweet. And that's one of the things with my tout where second place, like people have won labor and tout in the same year before. I think Mike Gianella is the last one to do it. Um, maybe like five years ago. But I was I was that close to winning labor and tout the same year, which would have been uh which would have been pretty freaking sweet. But first yeah. and second ain't bad for both. Not bad at all. It was a fun year. If you guys want to see all my goods, the bads, the ugly, again, I tweeted everything out. Though. A lot of fourth and sixth places, uh, a couple thirds. The third in the OC stings a ton because they only pay the first and second. Um, and that happened literally today. So um, that was a, a, a nut punch as well. I went from uh, – that was a three uh, – we were three-way tied there on Monday as well. Uh, Mason's in that league. And uh, I, was at, I was up in the second going into today and um, – or no, yesterday. I lost it yesterday when Jordan Wicks got absolutely destroyed by the Milwaukee Brewers, mm-hmm. the Brewers hangover game. So that was fun. That was a lot of fun. But I digress. That is baseball. My uh, – again, that, that no one cares. But just for accountability, I should probably tweet it out anyway. My other NFBC leagues that I haven't talked about, ninth place in the main event, um, sixth in TGFBI, in my three draft champions, seventh, fourth, and fourth. So zero dollars won this year in the NFBC. Um, I mean, I guess I didn't have any teams in double digits, which doesn't the, mean anything, but no stinkers, the, but no winners. On the bright there. side, your main event team was free this year. So it was. That's true. That, that's that. that's to be you weren't out seventeen fifty. It was it was house money with that one, but still. Yeah. Um so, have not been able to uh, cast once in the main, but have not been able to crack that one. It's a, uh, it's a very tough contest for sure. It's very, very tricky. Very, very tricky. Before we go into our awards section of the show, you had a fun dig up of a tweet from like February or uh, November, or it was Jack Waxman at his finest. Let's just put it that way. Um, I knew it was him out the gate because I saw the tweet where he said it was him. And then uh, it made me laugh because that, that's wax. But um, what is it? Let's relive, relive this part here because before you know it, we're going to have steamer projections out and we're going to do the same thing all over again. Yeah. So um, I, 
Yeah. So this is funny. So when um, Steamer came out, Steamer Steamer's Fangraphs, like I don't know, base projection system. It's 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 on Fangraphs. Comes out the first week in November, usually while we're at First Pitch Arizona. And so I I what I did, of course, is made a bloom board when Steamer came out. And what I did was looked at the uh, top ERA changers from last year to what Steamer's projecting. And the top guys to projected to be the worst in 2023 compared to what they did for 2022 was Christian Javier, projected to go from a 254 ERA to 398. Dylan Cease, a 220 ERA last year, projected 371. Alec Manoa, <laughs> uh, projected 224 to 411. Julio Urias, 216 to 404 was the projection. Steamer basically nailed all of those. And the kicker with that is Yusei Kikuchi. Steamer was one of the, the, the I guess, the third biggest improver from 2022 to their 2023 projection. Steamer projected Kikuchi to pitch to a 394 ERA after pitching to a 519 last year. And so um, I'll, 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 when Steamer comes out this year, I'll do the same thing. But just remember that when it comes out, because uh, there were some takes about this Steamer uh, thing that, how could you say Kikuchi be projected to be better than Christian Javier, Alec Manoa, Dylan Cease? And uh, so it's just, I don't know. You can, you can, like the projections are pretty good. And that's kind of the takeaway here is like on the aggregate, they kind of know what they're doing. One guy, there was just, a, a, I should probably try and find it. One guy, Blue Jays Twitter got, caught a hold of this. Yes. They, someone they, was they like, owe you some like bungee jumping and like cliff jumping and all kinds of stuff. Someone said, if I, yes, if I, if, if Kikuchi posts a better ERA than Manoa, I will jump off the CN tower with no bungee cord. <laughs> I will lick my boot and post it on Twitter if Kikuchi has a better ERA. Than only, Manoa. only in Canada will lick my boot count as something like that. LOL at these projections. Kikuchi better ERA than Manoa. LMAO. <laughs> So it's just like it's it's uh I don't know it's funny to uh look back in November and see some of this stuff that uh and it's a takeaway for this year too a lot of the starting pitches we'll talk about 2024 like all the time uh we've got plenty of time to do that but uh, I just thought it was just thought it was humorous a victory lap for steamer victory lap uh, for projections as the, a whole the OC overall champion chimes in Drew Forte makes a good com- comment if you avoided so you avoided so many landmines if you utilize the info in that one tweet. <laughs> yeah. You could have avoided so much. I mean, projecting I Dylan Cease to a 371 ERA. Um, obviously that was way off because he had like, I don't know what he had a four eighty ERA. Sure. <laughs> Close to so just having that information to know that Dylan Cease was projected to be 371 was just was huge. If you believe that projection, uh, because then you avoided him obviously and avoided that disaster same thing with manoa urias all that so um as anthony, as anthony gialdi says i think the lesson is we think we know but baseball is so long and unpredictable don't get cocky in february and march yeah, kudos that's like it's like, that's it's, like take, said. it's like taking early season victory laps it's the same thing Definitely. well and that's why we're doing this and like shouting out people and even shouting out ourselves because it's the end of the year like this is such a it's long gone. thing and like this is this is the time to victory lap i know a lot of people in the chat uh, you mentioned drew who won the the overall justin mason had a fantastic yep. rebound season like this i mean enjoy this uh this is uh this is the time to do it not yeah, not in april 
Yeah, Gialdi was ahead of me in so many of the NFC 50s that every time I tweet that I'm going to go into one, he somehow signed up for shortly after. So I appreciate that. Uh, and he was in all our gladiators, so that was fun. Jeff Mitzvah, a great NFPC player. Um, he's talking about how he did horrible in gladiators. He probably still won like thousands of dollars in other leagues. So <laughs> it's like not even a big deal. But, um, yeah, it's it, this is all kind of just tongue-in-cheek. Let's have fun and, and – and breathe for a second. Just breathe for a second. Um, but yeah. uh, all right, let's talk about some awards now. Let's have some fun with that. It's, it's kind of just uh, who we think, uh, <clears throat> fantasy-wise, some awards can go. And there's a million ways to go about it. If you're in the chat, feel free to to to, to throw them our direction. We can have some fun with it. Um, there's probably a million other awards we could have given out, but these are some to, to have some fun here. And Ryan, I'll let you have the floor. And we actually didn't. We took a couple of the same because you kind of have to, but there's always a couple guys you can nominate basically for the awards. So who is your hitter MVP for the 2023 fantasy baseball season? Kind of a generic category, but it's 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 got to be Cody Bellinger. Um, and the the big thing with this is I so I put out a I put out a poll, a tweet, whatever every year that uh, someone going outside. I think the top the first twelve rounds and fifteen teamers each of the last six seasons, there has always been a player outside of those first 12 rounds that post first round value. And so I put a poll out to see who that would be for 2023. Um, Cody Bellinger, technically by the Rasball player Raider, which is what I'm using to kind of look at this did not finish with first round value. He finished 17th close enough um, with like a 190 ADP. So just the, uh, the rebound of Cody Bellinger, and what he did, I think just a change of scenery, scenery did him so well, um, hitting over 300 with the homers came back, the bags. I think it's pretty much a slam dunk given Bellinger's draft cost. Actually, 16th. Damn it. He finished 16th behind Soto and Austin Riley. But given where Belly was going, that was, um, that was, the, that was the MVP. Yeah, that's really solid. I almost went with Christian Yelich just because he was like after pick 100 and he's just so solid, but he's no belly, that's for sure. So I kind I kind of half cheated on this one, but still based on where Matt Olson was drafted, it's a game changer for me if you're able to pull it off. Like it's round, uh, I, I'm using 12 team ADP, but um, in just the month of March, he was ADP of 40. So he's the back end around three. And again, obviously it's not late. People are going to complain about that. But what Matt Olson did, was like first round talent mm-hmm. hit 283 54 home runs 127 runs 139 rbis i recorded the final first pitch of the season before this and i want to share a tweet that i um i, I saved for that show and i'll save it for here so opta stats on twitter tweeted this out the braves finished with the outright mlb leader in these categories runs <laughs> hits stolen bases and total bases went to acuna home runs and rbis went to olsen and then wins and K's went to Strider. No other team has had the outright MLB leader in more than five of the, those eight categories in a season since RBIs became an official stat in 1920. So where I'm going with this, A, Matt Olson could technically be a, like – the real answer is Ronald Acuna. We can't say that. <laughs> so um, yeah. Matt Olson well. kind of fits the mold there. The other thing I wanted to bring into this conversation because it involves hitters and I guess pitchers with Strider as well. But it was like a year or two ago, everyone was like, if you stacked up the – like the Astros, you did well. Then it was like, if you stacked up the Jays, you did phenomenal with like Simeon and Bichette and all those guys. Obviously this year, if you stacked up the Braves, because I do have a team that had Albies, Acuna, and Riley on it. 
That's that what I was the, just thinking. Yeah, you could do Olsen there yeah. somewhere too, but it was very stackable in those first yeah. few rounds. That was my OC team I finished in third in after Saturday. God. Like that was the team that was running with it. That was just crushing things. Um, so there is a it's, a, it's a discussion people have in the offseason we can have again in 2024 is like, should you attack stacking teams? Like some people talk about it in best ball format, some talk about it in others. But I wanted to bring up that tweet along with the medals from the hitter MVP to kind of bring it all together that there. And then if you want to really bring it together, you can look at the Rasball player Raider. And I looked at like just season overall stat, like leaders. If you did Freeman and uh, Betts, they were all, like, it was basically Acuna, Olsen, Freeman, and Betts were like top four in almost every major offensive category. All of them, except stolen bases. Average, homers, runs, RBIs, they were all there. So that just shows you um, if you kind of coordinate certain really good teams. I know it sounds common sense now. Pretty impressive stuff. So I just want to throw that out there. Is it stood out to me when I saw that earlier? I want to make sure that I brought it to this show as well. I, I like the Olsen pick, and I, I think being too late, like I don't think that's a big deal if he was a fourth round pick. You can still be MVP. One of the things that so uh, Patrick David at Baseball HQ Radio does this when he does his awards. He has like a formula for this. It's like that the the actual dollars that they earned plus the dollar profit from their draft slot. Matt Olson was the second most productive hitter in fantasy this year, like without stealing bases. That that's yeah. freaking crazy. Rasball, he's number two behind Acuna. Uh, forty six dollar season being taken in like the fourth ish round, probably a twenty dollar pick. To turn a twenty dollar pick into forty six dollars is um like that's so much better than a five dollar pick into twenty five. Like the, the the amount of value that uh, that Olson generated was just nuts and um. One of the less, I would say, less like noisy seasons that like no one. I don't, I don't hate to say no one talks about it, but um, just he's he, he's underappreciated for what he did this he's year. He's overshadowed because his teammate had one of the best statistical seasons you could ever find, and yeah. and they had one of the best pitchers in baseball to top it off. So he just kind of kind of gets overshadowed a bit there. Because you know what, to me, the most remarkable thing is not just you know the runs the RBIs. He had two eighty three, like that. That's to me, that's the thing. Like, we, he did it a couple of years ago in Oakland, and then he kind of yeah. came back to earth. And we're like, okay, now this is who he is. He's like, if you can get 250, that's pretty cool. No, he went at 283 to top it off. You're just like, what the hell? And again, I keep saying this, but in a team where Acuna's hitting 40 plus bombs, you got Albies doing his thing, Riley's doing his thing, somehow Olsen still managed to get 100 something RBIs. Like, that says a lot as well. And back of your mind, if people are saying, Austin Riley underperformed statistically last year. Well, you try to drive in runs after they're all off the bases. So um, keep that in mind. If you somehow he falls for some weird reason, you got that going for you. And Justin, CJ Abrams will be mentioned later. I almost mentioned him as the MVP, but there's a category he fits into later on that CJ Abrams will be coming to for sure. And Art, Mr. Cheesecake agrees. 283 for Olsen. Huge surprise. All right, let's talk pitcher MVP. And I took the easy way out. You took a more fun route. I appreciate which I appreciate your brain, Ryan. So what do you have on this one? Yeah, uh, I actually almost went Justin Steele, but Justin Steele quietly, oh, <laughs> as I'm well aware in labor, uh, limped to the finish. Are I you happy up. he got scratched today? Yes, just because I didn't need him. But uh, if, like, if, could could if, he have hurt you? Could he have hurt you? Not me personally. If, okay. if he actually no, if if he started, he could have hurt me in ratio. That's what I'm saying. So are you glad that he yeah. got scratched? I'm glad he got scratched. I'm glad I had Gossman. I'm glad Gossman got scratched. But that's just yeah. is where I was in the categories. If in a vacuum, I would still want Justin Steele to 
to throw. I, I still think he's, I think he's fine. I think he got babbipped a lot these last couple starts. Like the, the Pittsburgh start was second to last start of the season. Give up six singles in a row, like to the Pirates. I mean, I don't know. Um, his last start of the year against the Braves, I think, shut them out for the first four or five innings, and then gave up three runs. So, like, I I think he was fine. Um, but my actual pick is Zach Eflin. I think by the end of the year, Eflin just edged out a little. He was going a little bit later than Steele and posted a little bit more production. And I don't know, like the lesson learned, I guess the lesson learned is like, trust the Rays, but damn, they had a lot of injuries. (laughs) I know. And and saying this as someone in our 2024 too early draft, I took Zach Eflin at the end of the seventh round. Um, I'm still a little bit nervous about that in 2024, but for 2023, Eflin, 186 strikeouts, 180 innings, 178 innings. I'm rounding up, but that, I mean, the health was there with Eflin 102 whip. Like that's, that's, that's awesome. 16 wins, 350 ERA. That's, uh, to get that out of wherever the hell he was going in drafts pretty, pretty late. That's, um, that's, that's sigh worthy for me. Yep, that's great. I'm going to circle back to hitters real quick because Jeff Mitziff came in. He said Lane Thomas, another good option, another good one. Um, I love the Eflin call, though, especially based on where he was drafted and just the consistency he put together. Um, Like there was higher expectations than normal for him because of where he got traded to. But the ADP, I don't think, reflected as high as I thought it would. And uh, I agree. That's a really, really strong one there. Like I said, I took the easy way out, but one of us had to do it. Uh, Blake Snell. ADP of 106 in the month of March. He's going to be the NL Cy Young. At least he should. People are saying because Strider got win 20 on Sunday. But um, if Strider got it, I wouldn't be mad. But I think it's Snell's award. Let's put it that way. No, it seems like I don't. I don't think. I don't think Strider got. Tw- oh no, he did get. He 20 picked up 20 today. today. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. So only only guy. Um, you know, two two five ERA, 14 wins, the two thirty two hundred thirty four Ks and 180 innings for eight. Um, what makes it funny though, an 18% K to walk because he walks everybody under hey, the sun. Uh, I think had the highest walk rate yeah. among qualified starting yeah. pitchers. Yeah, yeah, he has a 13.3% walk rate. But just the overall stats, the ERAs, the 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 stats that matter for real life baseball. And I'll say like the whip could have got you, but those strikeouts, man. We talk about strikeouts, 234 Ks and 180 innings pitched. Like hallelujah. Yeah. And um so I I like I said, I most of my winning teams, like my two DCs, Blake Snell. Um, there's a handful of teams that did well for me. Blake Snell was a common factor on those teams. So I kind of had to say, like, yeah, he was a, a part of the formula for my MVP. One last 20, because I'll, I'll try and tr- try and weave some 2024 takeaways in here. Um, do not panic in April, people. Blake Snell had an ERA just under six after the entire month of April through his first five starts. And we'll easily win the Cy Young award. So um, just another data point there. Just another one. Hitter bust. We shared this one. Um, I couldn't justify going anywhere else. So I'll give no. you the floor because this I mean, is your boy. So I'll, I'll give you the floor on this one. <laughs> Why is he my boy? You're, you're, okay, you're failing year, on the last, guy now that he la, sucks. Last, last year he was your boy. I had zero shares. No, I had two, man. I had a couple. Never mind. No, I, I actually like Tim Anderson heading into the year. And yeah, we don't need to spend too much time on. Yeah, hey, I've already what? had more. I've already had more high noons and home runs he hit this season. Yes, um, I am <laughs> on my second beer on the podcast. That's also more. Yep, that's my point. Yeah, home yeah, runs so. than Tim Anderson has hit all season. So, 
the the worst thing i think you made this point on one of your other five (laughs) podcasts is you basically played tim anderson all year maybe like you benched him in august and finally like cut the cord but this was one where like he did nothing for you but was mostly healthy and was probably in your lineup because you think of him as a set and forget type of guy where you drafted him and um that i mean you almost you don't want him to get hurt uh he did get he did get punched in the face but um it's it's worse than getting getting hurt having that lack of production in your lineup all year it was a rough one i'm curious to see that adp for 2024 because i just don't know if i can trust it um pitcher bust these are all great options all phenomenal options um i'll let you have the floor on this one because these are all like i said all beautiful options no uh i mean after having trevor rogers last year i'm glad i avoided this year's uh we should have called this the trevor rogers award (laughs) alec manoa i mean it's just it's obvious to me 587 era 174 whip went in like the fifth or sixth round so um, Dylan ceased with an honorable mention uh, just because he was going even earlier than Manoa and what and Manoa only kind of killed you for half the season like it's still really hard to recover from what Manoa's ratios did to you but um, cease like cease was pretty bad all year the strikeouts were were there but the ratios were just awful so cease gets an honorable mention um, you know you know what's fun about Dylan cease is you have a good friend of yours that is watching a draft take place when you're in person and it's texting you going, Hey, your turn's coming up on the turn <laughs> and it's the fifth round and Dylan Cease is still sitting there. And I'm like, you know what? You got a point, Ryan, you got a point. It's this late. Like what's the harm, right? Like, I, I waited on pitching. I went Joe Musgrove. I kind of punted pitching and maybe that's why I finished 11th in barf. But um, yeah, Dylan Cease, and, and he actually started out kind of okay. And then boom. So that was, that was pretty rough. I can't blame you for that one. That was it was crossing my mind at the time. At that point, the ADP kind of go, yeah, yeah, maybe kind of works, but yeah. I probably would have taken him like 75th or 80th. And maybe that's a takeaway. Like if you don't believe a guy at 50, why should you later? Yeah. Why should you at 80? The old joke, like we always say, like everyone's got a price. Why should everyone have a price? That should be a fun discussion at some point. Like, yeah. why should everyone have a price? I guess it could also go back to you talked about like Davit makes the what they earn situation. So I guess technically they do have a price if you wait until a later round. But the thing is in my mind, so if you waited on him for like three rounds in your mind though, when you start your roster every week, you're playing him like he was supposed to be drafted five rounds sooner. Probably you're not looking, you're looking at the, I don't know. That's probably a deeper conversation for this podcast right now, but it just kind of crossed my mind at the moment. My picture bust. This is a popular one as well. And an L, uh, a dual L on the podcast. We were both yes, high on this. Guy. Yes, we were. And I think everybody and their mom, at least I'd say 80% of the fantasy world was, if not more. ADP of around 50. Took, just took first pitch Arizona by storm with his World Series performance. That's Christian Javier. He did throw six shutout innings with four strikeouts on Sunday. But he finished the year with a 4-5-0 ERA, 159 Ks and 162 innings. And, you know, that actually doesn't sound as bad as it could have been because his last few starts were actually okay, but he had a run where it was beyond dreadful. And the hardest thing was, is he wasn't striking guys out. So it's like, it'd be one thing if he was allowing three to four runs and have the four or five ERA, but if he was still getting the big time strikeouts he was getting, that would kind of, kind of mask things a little bit. Um, It was just horrible all around. I was dropping him in places. I was recommending drop him in places at at least bench him. Don't start him. Uh, it, It was brutal for Christian Javier. The weird thing with Javier is like 
I mean, he had a sub three ERA through May. That's first two months of the season. Um, it wasn't like a Manoa thing where he just came out of the gates and was terrible. Something happened, and this will be—I mean, this will be a deep dive in the off season. But like, what happened to the guy to go from a sub three ERA for the first two months to then have a five seventy nine in June, six eighty six in July, and a six seventeen in August? I don't know. Deep, deeper dive is needed, but that's that's just fascinating to me. Yeah, that's it's rough. It's very very rough to see how all that turned out. But again, yeah, you said it could be somebody's young. So that'd be another thing to keep in mind. All right, mid-round hitters, uh, 150 to 280p. This is where we get some fun names. Who do you got here? And honestly, I would have taken this player, so I went elsewhere. Both of ours are very, very deserving. But um, who, who's yours? Uh, first, we'll, we'll give a shout yeah, out. Andy brings call. up a good point. The the non-mentioned Lance Lynn, uh, which is yeah, yeah as, as pitcher bust. Just and totally we were all in on that, and we loved it. We, his we first were. few starts with yep. the Dodgers, and then it got blown up again. Yep, another L taken on that. Giolito could be another one. Always keeping track at home. I think it was a fun disaster, but yeah. Okay, sorry. Uh, Mid round All Stars stole, stole stole two more bases today, but it's C.J. Abrams. Um, like I said, I, I have a soft spot in my heart for CJ now at that 21st round labor pick. Abrams was going quite a bit earlier than than that in by the end of draft season, labor drafts in like early February. But but man, 18 homers, 47 steals. I mean, he only hit like 245. I don't have the final season numbers in front of me, but um just a just a super growth year from we forget this, an age 22 hitter who was a consensus top five prospect and i think that's the takeaway is like the market kind of gave up on cj abrams for not producing when he was a 21 year old well over his head in the majors his first go around against mlb pitching and obviously improved a ton um and admittedly took took advantage of the stolen base rules but hey i mean 47 bags only got thrown out i think four times and so uh I don't know if I'm in next year or not at what will be a steep price, but we'll talk about that later. But uh, in terms of mid rounds, like that, that that's the C, that that's the guy that the the 2024 CJ Abrams. That's who I'm. We should be spending our off season hunting for. Yeah, no, I was all in. That's one thing I was. Uh, I, I talked about in my many early shows. I had tons of shares. The one good thing about the Gladiators for people that say oh, no one was talking about them, go look at some of the Gladiator drafts. If you were in on guys, if you took them in those drafts because you had to and i had cj abrams in all three of my drafts uh huge huge cj abrams fan hey, and uh who else did you have and trevor story three? trevor story. <laughs> yeah, hey, and i and i still finished second in one league and sixth in another those hey, teams were all to, just, those teams were all like dead out of contention just had to throw that dart time. back in oh, yeah. a little bit i just that I'm was just that was what like there. a february injury and oh like yeah! Right after you, right drafted. after the, my third draft, that came out like a week after my final draft. I'm like, you got to be kidding me! Classic. Yeah. It was so good. Uh, for me, I am going to take. I better give you his ADP first, and it was between picks 150 and 200. Hitter, Al Sung Kim. 80. Whoa! It's ADP at 278. I cheated. I guess I was looking at hitters. Uh, he's a 168th hitter off the board, but I'm I'm gonna cheat and have fun with this. Oh, Give dude. me House on Kim, um, a guy that ended up being the best leadoff hitter for the Padres throughout the season. Hit 260 with 17 homers and 38 stolen bases. Was a must start. He was drafted in, in some leagues, waiver wired in others. 
Uh, struck out less than 20%, walked a bit. So he got on and scored a ton of runs, 84 runs scored. This was a guy that was free in drafts. The positional flexibility was tremendous, which is what made him very, very viable second base, third base shortstop. Uh, I love Austin Kim. He's going to go obviously much higher this next year, but he, he's one that uh, could definitely be quite interesting. So Kim was my dude. And I'd love to hear some analyses of like who was on this guy and why. I know I, uh, I can't figure stuff. Toby Toby's for That's a couple years now. He's been he's been high on him for a couple years now. I just I, I don't know. It's just like for me, Kim was just like, oh, I need someone to fill some spots, and obviously I, I was wrong on that because using his position flexibility. But just to go from. I mean, he had 11 homers, 12 steals in a full season last year. To go from that to 17 homers and 38 bags, it's just like, I don't know. I don't know where that comes from and, you know, how to, what, what, what do we pick up on to learn from that? Maybe we should bring, maybe we should corner Toby at first pitch. And maybe we will. We might just have squeeze to squeeze some information out of him before our live yeah. pick. Andy Andy Splinter also mentioned his Nico Horner was a great one. Yeah, very good call. I, I can see it with I can see it with Nico. I, I get yeah. that. I just with Kim and I don't know. I'm I'm sure I missed something. I just didn't did not see it. Yep. All right. Who's your pitcher? One fifty to two fifty. Um, we have Kode Senga. Just for the, I mean, the strikeouts were crazy. The ERA was crazy. Like. And I feel like it kind of went under the radar on a pretty much disaster year for the Mets. But to have a sub three ERA and over 200 strikeouts, I should probably do a, a quick look up of how many pitchers actually did that. I don't think very many. So um, Cody Senga for me, 12 wins, like not bad. The whip was and the problem with Senga for next year is that walk rate. The whip wasn't that great. Um, but in terms of actual value delivered, I think I think Senga was uh, was right there. So. Yeah, I like the single call a lot. For me, it's uh, Pablo Lopez. Pablo Lopez, yes. absolutely outstanding this year. Like I was always kind of concerned with the shoulder issue. He proved that all wrong. 366 ERA, the 329X FIP, even better in that regard. He threw 194 innings. That was glory. Only 11 wins. Thank you, Twins. But man, 234 strikeouts and 194 innings. Like honestly, outside of the ERA, he's better than Blake Snell. Yes, I said it. I said it, everybody. 23.2% K to walk. Pablo Lopez was yeah, outstanding. That's, a good, that's actually a really, that's, that's a really he, good point. He was better than Blake Snell. I uh, think did that. Obviously, you know, it was like 15 more innings, but the strikeouts are pretty even. ERA was a little bit higher. Whip didn't kill you because he barely had a whip. His walk rate was like 6% compared to Blake's 13%. So if you're talking about fantasy pitchers, he's better than Blake Snell potentially um, given that ERA is a big, it's like a full, almost a full run different, which, which has, which has a quite the impact, but Pablo Lopez was amazing. And I, I, um, I will, this is where I take an L because I was just worried about, you know, a going to Minnesota from my, from Miami. And then um, just, I, I didn't trust the, just the shoulder situation. I still didn't. Uh, and maybe I'll buy in next year. Now after a full season, it'll go back to a problem. I don't know, but he was absolutely elite this season credited the so you said thanks twins for the the lack of wins but also thanks twins for <laughs> morphing this guy into a really good pitcher he Met credits the twins with the with with ha, working with him on his on his sweeper which really kind of took lopez to the next level and i think that is True. a takeaway i talked about this with eflin with the rays earlier but i think the twins like keep an eye on <laughs> saw what bailey ober did today in game 162 Keep an eye on what the Twins do with their rotation next year because uh, any additions they might make there 
uh, I, I, I am interested from a fantasy perspective. And the good thing for once, because every season it feels like the Twins are always trying to figure out who's in the rotation. I feel like most of these guys are in the rotation next year, which is big for them, which is yeah. really big. Between Ober and Ryan and, and Pablo, at least like the big three. I don't know about Sonny Gray. Um, we might get to see a little uh, – oh, I just totally blanked on him. Well, the old Louis San Diego – No, the old San Diego pitcher that uh, wore the cowboy hat. Just Oh, the sheriff. Out. The sheriff, because he started Paddock. making some – Paddock started coming out of the bullpen the last few games, working back from his injury. So we might have some Paddock sightings in 2024. Yeah. No, draft and hold like 40th yeah, round or yeah, something. Uh-huh. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not scared. I'm not scared. But um, speaking of draft and holds, I'm scared, but... speaking of draft and holds, who is your top hitter outside ADP 500? Okay. Yeah. I, I, I made this category, but I like this category because this is something for, um, just personally with DCs, what I need to do is it's so tempting to jump in a draft and hold and like draft your first 10 rounds and analyze all that. The key is nailing these post 500 picks. There are a lot of them. Um, I'm going to go for a hitter. I'm going to go Matt McClain, who was like barely even drafted in draft and holds and just, just worked wonders. I mean, he was one of the best fab pickups of the year in fab leagues, debatably the best hitter. Um, in, in fab leagues, maybe, maybe except for Ellie De La Cruz, but I don't know. This guy hit 16 homers, 14 steals, hit 290, 400 plate appearances. And McLean, like I said, was just not even on draft and hold radars. I don't have the ADP in front of me, but I, it was, oh, I, I think, like in the 900s, which I don't even know how that's uh, possible, but it's, uh, it's Matt McLean for me, for sure. Yeah. When it comes to Maddie McLean, he was ADP 748 in the month of March. Um, he, was, he was drafted in three total leagues in the month out of, of March. Out of how many? I don't know how many March drafts there were. Uh, Probably a lot. 97, because Acuna went in 97 drafts. That makes it easy. So three out of 97 March draft champions, Matt McClain. That's, I mean, that says a lot. again, like if you're diving in and doing draft and hold research, that's, Kind of Instead stuff. of researching your first 10 rounds, research the next Matt McLean. Yeah, this my guy was picked 520. He was picked in all 97 drafts. And that was one Nolan Jones. I'll give a hat tip to my buddy Mike Curlin. We were on this one from the yep. get-go. Um, the second he got traded out of the, the hell hole that was Cleveland that did not want him there, he went to Colorado and always opens our eyes. Because on paper, on paper, before the Rockies went full Rockies, he should have just slid in. That made too much sense, especially with the injuries that took place. I'll never forget when he finally got called up and then he didn't play at all for like three games. He got sent back down, which made us very frustrated. But then when Nolan Jones came back up, he was the man. He played in 106 games this year, went 2020 because he had a combo meal on Sunday to get into 2020. He hit 297 with 60 homers and 62 RBIs. Dude's a beast. And to top it off, he's only 25 years old. So, like, we talk about the McLeans and all these other guys because, you know, they're the big call-ups and all this flashing new toys. Nolan Jones is a youngster himself, and he just kind of didn't get the hubbub because, A, the Rockies are the Rockies, and, B, like, he kind of got talked up for a while in Cleveland and then just never really panned out, so that's why he got shipped out of town. He's just as young as a lot of these dudes, and there's no reason why he shouldn't be in this conversation. Um, obviously, more people know about him. That's why he got drafted in all 97 leagues. I'm not going to deny that factor, but, like, if you're talking about fab leagues, you were able to get Nolan Jones for like a buck or two for a while, like a couple weeks before like McLean, you had to pay right out the gate. So um, yeah, Nolan Jones is my dude. I got a soft spot for him because he's helped me 
a lot this season. So uh, can't wait to have to see what I have to pay for him this next year. Because I agree, Matt Thompson from FWFB and, and uh, Prospects Live, he sent out a tweet on Sunday. It says, agency hey, all know, Nolan Jones' breakout party is actually next year. And I don't think he's wrong. At age 26, mm-hmm. being wow. comfortable, everyday playing time, you might get a 35-35, maybe more type dude here. Like, this could be Kyle Tucker-esque, if not better. I'm going to say that right now. So keep that in mind when you're drafting. All right. Who is your draft and hold all-star pitcher outside of 500? I'm going to go duo. Uh, Tanner Bybee, Yuri Perez. And I'm grouping these guys together because they're the same type of pitcher. And I think for 2024, like, my strategy lately in draft and hold has been to, oh, take that playing. Playing time's king. Take guys who are going to play. Don't waste time on prospects i think that changes i don't know if it's the new cba or whatever but one of the big themes of this season obviously was all those rookie call-ups and uh and tanner bybee yuri perez were two of those top ones so um again if you're hunting after the 40th round don't know exactly what their adps were again but uh they were uh, free in dc so. right now in the month of march tanner bybee 657 and go. Yuri Perez was – oh, I just went past him. 571. Yeah, so not even not even on radars. And so, like, I, again, who's the 2024 Yuri Perez? It's like how 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 much do you study pitcher prospect rankings and, and build that into your draft and hold? I think, you, I think we need to do that a lot more and emphasize that heading into 2024 because of just the – the, the sea of, of starting pitcher call-ups that were that happened this year. And as the Mandalorian once said, this is the way. This is how it's going to start going for a while here with the way the system's starting to work. So, so keep that in mind. I went the boring round, but I want to emphasize this for a reason. Late round DCs, I love boring pitchers because two things. You get innings, which you need in these formats. has been discussed many times. And yes, I would love the Yuri Perez because he's a much better pitcher than, this, than Dane Dunning. But Dane Dunning was a pick 653. And if you look at what Dane Dunning has done for you, he's thrown 172 and two-thirds innings with a 3.70 ERA with 55 walks and 140 Ks. He's given you 12 wins on the season at pick 653. Uh, he pitched the whole season. So when guys are getting injured, you could plug Dane in. On two-star weeks, you could plug Dane in. If you go through his game logs, because I've mentioned him a lot and I've used him in DFS for cheap, more often than not, he did not crush you thus by the, the ERA, and in a 15-team draft and hold format like we're talking about, that is tremendous to have on your roster, like beyond tremendous to have on your roster. Boring is okay, and that's why I wanted to mention Dane Dunning because I agree Yuri Prez is probably the guy to have, maybe Tanner Bybee and others. But what I emphasize when I do these DC or NFPC 50s and DCs, I love boring pitchers late in drafts again dane dunning i had actually a lot of teams because just for that same reason i'm i've always been higher on him than a lot of people this and, and it's backfired before i get it but i just <laughs> i know he's boring like strikeouts aren't there but when he's on he's just blah for like six innings and does not hurt you and that's what i love about dane dunning so i had to give a hat tip to him and to prove that in dc's boring is a beautiful thing late in drafts yep for sure a lot a lot of weeks you're scrambling to field nine pitchers yeah, and the innings he gives are vital. Uh, vital. Uh, last one we're going to talk about here, best rookie call-ups. Uh, we kind of wanted the same guy. I sniped you. So who is yours? 
Um, th- I mean, it's a, I, I like the topic. You kind of threw this on last minute. Um, but because I, again, theme of the season was just all the call-ups, not just starters, but, but hitters as well. I talked about McLean earlier. We haven't mentioned Ellie De La Cruz, who was, uh, probably the best rookie call-up in terms of like total value produced. But I went with Zach Geloff just because Geloff, if you look at the entire season of what he did, doesn't look that impressive. 14 homers, 14 steals. But he did that in basically a half season. And in fab, he did not cost much at all. I I got Geloff in my main, I think, for like 40 bucks. It was not a it was not a triple digit Ellie De La Cruz or or Bybee or or whatever. It was a very, very much so under the radar. Um I pick up and I, I remember like because it, it was the same week that Tyler Soderstrom got called up in Oakland and it was like who's the better one of those two and I see we know the answer to that but anyone who kind of scooped Zach Geloff for pretty cheap got equivalent of a 30-30 season in the second half and that's uh that is quite valuable so Geloff's my guy Geloff was a priority for me that week so I'm very very pumped on that and then we talk about these young pitchers Tanner Bybee was the one I'm picking he was the one we talked about on this show and others. Like, I, out of all of them, he's the one I wanted the most because he was stretched out, and that's what we saw here. He made 25 starts for the Guardians through 142 innings with 141 Ks and 45 walks, a 2.98 ERA from a yep. rookie pitcher. I don't care what division he pitches in. I don't care what, who, name. I don't care. A 2.90 ERA for 25 starts from a rookie pitcher is amazing. So – I give my uh, my vote to Tanner Bybee. And he was definitely the one. So was, remember, it was every week there was a new fab starting pitcher. It was, you know, looking back, it was Bybee was the best one. The second best, so Bybee was like 120th and on Razzball Player Raider. Second best was Bobby Miller, 151. Mm-hmm. Bryce Miller was like 236. Taj Bradley was outside the top 400. Um, Gavin Williams, who didn't pitch as long, 400. It was it was Bybee and by by quite a bit. Yep, uh, big fan of how that turned out. But that was just a few awards. We could have done a bunch of different ones. Obviously, um, I f- I figure when we do some more analysis, looking back at 2023, we'll realize some other names and talk about them throughout the video. But it's kind of a fun looking back on the season, what we did, some some awards, kind of some players that meant a lot to us is the way that turned out in the awards when, when it all kind of breaks down. But uh, we did want to give a few shout-outs. Ryan tweeted out, like, hey, let us know if you did well, and we will uh, shout you out on the show. So, obviously, some of you guys in the in the chat, thank you for that. Yep. Uh, a couple that I was able to save here, Matt Wolf uh, at Matt for Tennis on Twitter. I made it to the championship in all three leagues. I played in this year and won one, thanks to you both, and look forward to seeing the Bloom Boards next season. So, kudos to, to Mr. Matt. Andy Splinter, who's in the chat here. So a mixed bag. I won a 15-team satellite and an OCQ. That's hey, that's good stuff. That's how I got into OCs for the first time. I took down second in my home head-to-head, but couldn't get it going on the OC. I get it. It's different. He said, I turned a profit, so I'll be back. Thanks for the insight and entertainment on to 2024. Are we drafting yet with the Chappelle gif? So that's we, are drafting. we are uh, drafting. We may yes. actually be drafting our next draft next weekend, which is that's totally sick. Like. So. Um, Dave Sawa, who... Uh, he's a GTE member, but also just a great player. And he took down the NFBC 50 overall. Um, he says, you guys do a great job of consistently putting out quality content. Much appreciated. Congratulations, uh, Dave. That's awesome. Yeah, that was a big one for him. Gaman8, who's always brought amazing questions each and every show to us. Yep. Thanks, Ryan and Bubba. 
that's simple, perfect. Um, another one here, good old Mr. Forte was in the chat earlier. Drew Forte, the OC overall champion. So if you guys need a loan or anything, hit him and Brian Slack if those are your dudes right now. That's right. Drew said, Drew said, you helped me to, to my best season ever. Bloomboard discussion every week is great. Helped put me on Savali as a guy to target and reaffirmed Montgomery as a mid-round starting pitching target. That's awesome to hear. That's why we love the bloom boards. That's for darn sure. Um, I need to find one more because I know this is a big one. Little uh, Book of Calm gave us a shout right. out. That's where I was going. Un- unprovoked, which was really cool because he was. Yeah, but uh, so I don't know if he found it, but yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say, yeah, that was, that was the part I was going to mention is he, we didn't ask for anything like for the show at this point in time. Uh, he says, first ever NPC experience was a huge success, TGFBI satellite. I, I mean, goddamn! Look at those 103 juice standing points. First and second, <laughs> first and second in my two 12-team home leagues is cool too. I guess. Looking forward to competing against industry folks in 2024. Couldn't have done it without you as co-manager, D Silva, BD Entrick, and Ryan BHQ for your patience and answers to a billion questions. He mentions many, many more, but uh, he he was very, very appreciative of. Uh, and like we, we always tell them, we're like, hey, dude, we appreciate your questions because like they're deep and they make us like rethink us. everything. Yeah, yeah. that's that, that was my answer to him. I said, hey, thanks for helping us out. Like you made us better with your questions. So, um, yeah, it, it was good. Did I miss anybody? I'm sorry. I tried to I, save them all. I think that's pretty. I don't know. Maybe, yeah, but I think that's pretty much it. So, no, we really appreciate that stuff. Uh, and great, great interaction tonight in the chat. This was uh, this was a ton of fun. Yeah, bring it, fun bring way to it. wrap it all up, man. Bring it all off season. Come in the chat because we're going to be recapping 2023. We're not digging stopping. In, digging into 2024. We might start going twice a week sooner than later. Just throwing that out there. Maybe not in October, but that's coming as well. Yep. So, um, yeah, bring the interaction because it is the down season for many, but this is how you start uh, winning 2024 championships is by grinding it out. And uh, you guys bringing those questions and comments in the chat actually help kind of keep things going as well so bloomfield final thoughts on another great season of fantasy baseball oh man uh just again relieve that it's over <laughs> relieve that i don't like i will enjoy tomorrow and not look at a box score um october for me is a ton of fun because i actually get to just like watch baseball as a fan i love the postseason like i don't do any postseason contests or anything i just want to take a break from fantasy and just watch baseball and obviously write baseball forecaster blurbs but to me that's that's like a tradition like no other is just sitting down with forecaster writing writing out player boxes and watching the postseason so i, I am looking forward to that uh very much in uh in october yep i'm with you october for me is Working on rankings, working on the black book, working on stuff like that to get ready for 2024. And then we go hard at it. Yeah, I've never, like, NPC does a postseason tournament, never done that. Um, underdogs got best balls for the postseason. Yeah. Never yeah. done that. It's, it, I literally, I, for the first few days when there's uh, four games going every now and again, I'll put a DFS lineup out there because I'm bored. But um, I usually even stay away from that. I'm just like, it's time to kind of set back and enjoy actual baseball for a bit, like you said. The games start Tuesday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, if necessary, for the opening round. Games start at like 3.08 Eastern all the way till 8.08 Eastern. It's a full day. Yeah, I was looking at I saw a graphic MLB put out. I think there's yeah. like, yeah, 12 games if they all go. 12 games Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, like during yeah. the day. Not going to be a uh, productive real-life job week. Yeah, so it's it's fun. It's a good time of the year. 
But like we, we've said many times, thanks for joining us along this ride for another fun season. This is our second season of Bubba and the Bloom. Yep. And uh, we we truly enjoy doing it. Like Ryan said early on, we actually like each other. And we like talking to each other. And then doing the show is even better because it helps us become better fantasy players. So um, we do have ideas to potentially do more cool stuff for you guys. So uh, And it starts at First Pitch Arizona, by the way. There will be giveaways at the live show, whenever that is. That's still to be determined. But... There will be a live show, I promise. Even if it's at the bar, there will be a live show for Bubba and the Bloom. But there'll be giveaways there, and then we'll have more fun stuff throughout the season. So bring it on. Keep it coming. Help grow this crazy show we call Bubba and the Bloom. But until next time, check out Ryan on Twitter at RyanBHQ, the podcast at Bubba Bloom Pod. I'm on Twitter at BDendrick. Until next time, this was Bubba and the Bloom, Episode 76, your 2023 Fantasy Baseball Season Recap. Catch you Life's better with an auto policy from American Family Insurance. No matter what dreams you're driving towards. That's because our expert agents will make you feel totally protected with the right auto coverage at the right price. You'll also save up to 23% when you bundle auto with home. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.